0: Hello, and welcome to Season 5, Episode 4 of Digital Learning Radio. This week on the show, we're going to be interviewing Fern Johnson, a former colleague of mine who has studied the importance of coaching and how it can impact classroom learning. Fern Johnson has 15 years of classroom experience. She was a middle school math teacher who worked with struggling math students before becoming a digital learning specialist in Plano ISD. We're so happy to welcome you, Fern.
1: Thank you so very much for inviting me to be part of the program. I'm excited to get started.
2: And yay, math! I always have to say that. Hooray for math!
1: Oh, me too! Yay! You know, I always tell Nancy that um, my favorite story about being in math is I was so excited when I got an Instagram that my Instagram tag "Math is Bliss" wasn't taken.
0: Mm Oh,
2: love that. Yeah, I
0: know it was like people were in within seconds of grabbing math is
3: bliss. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Fern, this is Misty. Since our theme this season is rose-colored glasses, we will be continuing to explore education through the lens of a coach in hopes that our conversations will inspire a culture of coaching. And rose-colored glasses speaks to the choice we have to wear a lens of positivity, Fern, you've been wearing a set of rose-colored glasses for some time now and have some great insight about the power of coaching. You recently completed your master's and did some research on the impact of coaching. Tell us a little bit about what you found.
1: Um, I would say that uh, in completing my master's degree, that one of the biggest impacts that teachers really had was they were able to gain back their confidence or their mojo when it came to the art of teaching. Um, And so you have to understand that a lot of teachers, what they would do is they would be on their way, they would have like maybe a few computer stations that they would use with their students every once in a while and um, technology was seen as just this great little nice shiny tool to be able to use to kind of get the kids to play some games instead of actually using it for learning. And then all of a sudden a one-on-one initiative would come and these same teachers would then be pretty much shoved 30 chromebooks into their classroom and told hey now it's time for you to change your entire pedagogy and learn how to use these uh, chromebooks in your classroom in an effective way so then these teachers then turned into uh, people who did not have a lot of confidence in what they were doing anymore and they thought that they uh, were not effective teachers anymore simply because a tool was given to them before they're really ready to tackle it on. So the coaching impact, in my opinion, um, was really able to remind teachers that they are professionals, that they are incredible educators, and uh, it just gave them that confidence back.
3: I love that you speak about confidence and I think a a great misconception is that we are teachers are adult learners so that so we'll just figure it out and it's not that easy. Um, There's so much that goes into technology and the difference between passive and active learning. So I think coaching is so important when it comes to um, really creating students that innovate. Oh, absolutely. Creating a culture of innovation
1: absolutely what i saw was the um the teachers had increased comfort level of using uh, technology in the classroom effectively which in turn also created a comfort level with the children because we just assume because uh, that that kids are digital natives Mm -hmm. and because of that they're digital natives they just automatically know how to use technology effectively and so that comfort level increased with an educator the comfort level of the children also increased as well. Um, And the the teachers, instead of when a change would happen, instead of them going into like a a valley of despair or uh, in a circle of chaos when it came to learning the new technologies and how to um, appropriately use them, they, with the coaching, it was like having that, that, that hand that, uh, that would always reach out to them to help pull them up out of the, uh, the valley of despair that they, some of them felt at the time. And um, so, anyway, um, another point that I wanted to mention about the impact of coaching is the, when the teachers were then confident to evaluate and select appropriate tech tools that supported curricular and also learning goals. Um, a lot of teachers didn't know where to start They just said, let's just click away on this side, or maybe here's a game that some kids said that they played at home. Maybe that might help with their math skills, or teachers would go straight to the rote learning and and the passive learning instead of uh, knowing how to creatively use technology in the classroom or even have their students create, where the teachers just used technology themselves, and the students didn't do anything with technology um so the coaching really made a huge impact on how a teacher is able to evaluate and select appropriate tech tools Um, and also there was increased focus on the learner as opposed to the actual tech tool and the uh, the depth of learning activities also increased and uh, just were a lot more complex and open-ended instead of a directed uh, teacher standing in front of the classroom now click here now you Take your mouse and you point here at this site. It was way more, the kids were able to take the direction and take control of their own learning. Um, and the coaching made a big impact there as well.
4: Well, and, and Fern, hi, this is Ashley. Hi. You make some really good points, and that with more and more schools and more and more um, classrooms going one to one, it is kind of um, can kind of make teachers a little shaky. As far as, um, you know, the way they experience school, most of us, including myself, I didn't learn with technology when I was in school, and so it's really hard to know the role of those devices in the classroom and how to use them if you're not, if you didn't, you know, if you weren't educated that way.
1: Absolutely.
4: And so a couple of of episodes ago, um, we discussed the importance of relationship building. So, Fern, what insights can you provide about the importance of relationships in a coaching role?
1: Oh, well, I have to tell you, it, um, <laughs> I learned very, very quickly that the coaching role with um, educators turns into quite an intimate experience with okay. that educator and trust building is extremely important because in order for a teacher to actually improve upon and gain confidence in their uh, technology integration experience in their classroom, they are going to have to fail quite a bit.
4: Mm-hmm. And
1: they are going to have to put themselves out there um, in front of a person who they don't know a lot of times. Um, and and then you have to trust that the person who's evaluating them, the coach in that partnership relationship that they have, does not turn around and talk to their administrator about what they're doing in the classroom right. um, immediately. And just to have that that trust relationship is extremely important um, in building um, uh, an effective um, coaching, coachee role. And so because these teachers and I had, my project was I had to evaluate 10 teachers and they went through this coaching program with me. So that was really the basis of it. I needed to go into each of those classrooms with each of those different, 10 different personalities, 10 different types of classrooms, each with their own personalities and be able to be an effective fly on the wall when I needed to be and to really observe what was going on in the classroom, not just with the teacher and how the teacher was interacting with her students, but how the, the student was interacting with the teacher and then with each other and um, and even try to follow what was happening outside the classroom um, that in the uh, school environment and how the school environment was impacting the the kids, and this all happened at one school, so I was able to really take a look at that as well, but here's a stranger coming into the classroom, and being able to uh, develop that relationship with the teacher, that, so that the teacher's comfortable with me, the kids have to be comfortable with me, and then once the kids are at the classroom, and then we go into a feedback mode, and I'm giving my feedback on how the teacher performed in the classroom, It's the the teacher is going to always have to have the perception that I am on their side, that I am there for them. And um, so that when the tougher conversations happen, it's not going to be taken um, as personally and it's not going to be seen as an attack. It's going to be more of, we are all in this together to help you to help the students ultimately. Um, And then that teacher also had to trust me whenever, I was invited to model how to use uh, technology integration effectively in a classroom with that teacher's students. So I would take the lead sometimes, um, depending on if the teacher was comfortable, and I would lead lesson that day. And the teacher had to be comfortable with giving up that control. So that's a pretty intimate relationship, professional relationship that you would have with somebody in order to give up control to another person. Um, for something
2: as important as educating their students. Right. Well, we know that those 10 teachers that you got to work so closely with were very fortunate to have you as a coach. And that campus, I'm sure, was um, so pleased that you were there. But not all schools have coaches, and not all districts have coaches. So a two-part question for you. If someone listening is not a coach, What could a classroom teacher do to assume the role of a coach? How could they be their own coach? And then also, how could a school build a culture where that feedback and that coaching is just part of the culture?
1: Um, Great, great, great question. Well, I have been a very firm believer that if you would like to start coaching or um, be co-coaches with somebody else, you'll help each other then you definitely need to meet with the principal on your campus because whoever the principal is, is really going to be your biggest cheerleader in this entire event. Um, Definitely meet with the principal. And if the principal has no idea what you're talking about, that's completely fine. Uh, This is the time that you need to develop your own elevator speech that you can share with the principal and talk about how it's going to impact student learning and then that's when you can definitely bring your research in and talk with the principal about that, with the leadership team, whoever you need to. And once you have gotten the okay from your leadership team on your campus to go ahead and start this, because I will say, this is what I did. Um, I started with my principal, I had no idea what I was talking about. And when I said, well, this is something I'm really interested in, and I think this is going to impact the students, I had struggling math students who, the day they walked into the classroom, they pretty much said to me, I don't like math, I don't like you, I'm not going to do anything, you know, et cetera. So, you know, the person who is, who who is the
2: former math teacher? Me, Catherine. Catherine, okay,
1: so do you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about.
2: Oh, yes, oh, yes. Um...
1: And uh, so in that case, then... I thought to myself, I need something to help uh, the kids and get them motivated. And I found that technology was the way to do it. I got more interested in it, told the principal this is what I wanted to do, got with the leadership team saying, this is what I want to do. And then um, I very gently coerced my coworker who worked with me <laughs> to bring her along into the equation. And, um, and it really just started from there is, I just was relentless with what I wanted, what I saw the, the goal should be and how to help the kids. And um, so after that first year, I would say being relentless with it. And then principal, other people in the school got to see the, uh, the results of that relentlessness and how that helped the kids and how the children said things in the other classrooms. Like, well, I wish that you did things like Miss Johnson, because it's way more interesting, and she did it this way, and all the other kind of stuff that would happen. Um, then other teachers would come and ask me, what are you doing? You got these results with these kids who come to my classroom. They don't want to do anything. They say they can't wait to go to your classroom. What are you doing? And so that really is what slowly developed um, uh, my digital Coaching experience, and um, and I didn't realize I was doing digital coaching when it was happening. I didn't know that was even a thing um, at the time that when I was doing it. But I did develop a groundswell of support, and um, the other teachers got very interested in it, and the principal was very very happy because then the results kind of spoke for themselves because the kids did much better on their. Um, on their scores, they uh, were happier students in the classroom, and they wanted to continue learning even when they didn't have to. And so, well, yes. oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm done.
2: Well, what principal would not would say no to like, hey, I'd like to work with another teacher to be coached and grow myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, but what a great way to start though, with the administrator support. Yes. And I think that speaks to the culture of your school, too,
3: Fern, Um, to know that you were doing such great things. And instead of teachers saying, oh, she's trying to outdo me or, you know, she's trying to do this. Mm -hmm. They came to you and said, hey, you're doing great things. I want to do great things, too. Mm -hmm. So I think that that really says a lot about the positive culture in your school. And that's what we are trying to build with these Mm -hmm. conversations, that that culture of coaching.
1: Absolutely. And I will say my administrator gave a lot of support in that realm because during staff meetings, for example, he would stand up and say, Mrs. Johnson is doing this in her classroom. Let's all see what's going on. And he would actually give subcodes for other teachers to come observe my classroom.
3: Oh, I love that.
1: And and then we could have debriefing sessions after school. I mean, there was, I had a lot of administrative support, I have to say, a lot.
2: That's awesome.
0: So I know you have a real heart for um, kids, Vern, just from having worked with you for three years and knowing how passionately you feel about all kids being um, learners. I know you've talked a little bit about the impact of your coaching on student learning. Can you maybe just give us another couple of points on how you feel like that coaching impacted what was happening in the students' brains?
1: Ah, Yes, absolutely. I, I do have of three stories actually about, um, and it's more qu- you know, qualitative type of, um, uh, of work here, but okay. So my first story is about a student and, uh, one of the teachers that I was, um, coaching classroom and this student had just come to this country, maybe, maybe six months before I started helping this teacher with a uh, coaching and the student wasn't, um, able to really speak English very well um, just a little bit and um, this is a math classroom that I was co- um, helping the coach in and this particular student was uh, pulled out to uh, and, and identified as sped because the way that he was testing and um, and how he performed in the classroom they put him in the sped and so, I helped uh, the math teacher create this Nearpod lesson and the Nearpod lesson was just about ratios. It was pretty cut and dry, pretty simple, but it was this great Nearpod lesson about ratios. And this is the first time that she used it. She was very nervous to use the Nearpod. So I just, I said, I'm more than happy to sit in the classroom with you and watch what you're doing and I'll be your support for you the first time using Nearpod. And so then she was like, okay, fine. and. She did it, and at first she was having me to start the questioning and to help with moving the slides forward and etc. But very quickly she started looking at the feedback that she was getting from the kids because, like, one of the slides would say something like, um, "You know, if there are fifty boy, you know, fifty kids total in the classroom, and then you had twenty-five boys, how many girls would it be, and then percentages." But had all these different questions that was on there and it was very interactive as you know Nearpod is extremely interactive with the drawing tools and things like that so the teacher was able to see uh, how the kids were responding to the questions very quickly and she was just whipping around the classroom and helping the kids right away when she saw that there was something going on with their reasoning that maybe not be quite right or then she would maybe show an example to the entire class very quickly in Nearpod and say, let's discuss what this student did. And one of the students that she chose to discuss how the student was successful was this child that was considered SPED, that didn't know English very well, that had not been doing well in any of the testing at all whatsoever. And she didn't realize at the time because she was just kind of flying through the program that this is the child's, um, that this is this child's paper. And so she was explaining how this is correct, this is a great job, I could see the child just smiling from ear to ear, and he was so excited that his work was being shown as how to do something correctly. And that might've been the first time that that had happened with this particular kid. And so by the end of the class, his confidence level had grown so high, um, and he was able to complete the work, He finished the um, exit slip that that she had for them and turned that in. And then um, like a month later, when I was talking with the teacher again, she told me that this child ended up getting um, a 90 on the unit test. And he had been so excited ever since because and it all stemmed from this one Nearpod and that he could finally be successful. And and they pulled him out of SPAD, actually, and realized, oh, he's not SPAD. We just needed something to help pull him into the learning. And
3: uh, our, yes, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. that was a great example of how technology provides an equi- equitable experience for all kids.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, that was, that's, that's great.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, another example that I have is also with uh, voice typing in Google. Um, I work with several dyslexic students, and this one teacher called me up. Um, This was not a teacher I was not coaching at the time, but I could easily have been coaching her. But she called me up and said, I've got this Lexic student who uh, they're considering putting in PACE. But the PACE teacher is a little cautious about it because she's wondering, um, and PACE is our gifted program. I'm sorry. PACE is our gifted program here in our district. And she's a little cautious about it because of the fact that she's she's fearful he might not be able to, to keep up with the other kids when it comes to the the reading and writing, et cetera. And so um, I went with the teacher and I said, well, let's talk about voice typing. And and then I talked with her about it. She said, that sounds good. I met with her and the student and showed him how to use it. And um, I actually gave him a video of um, my son um, explaining how to use uh, Google typing through um, this program called Click that Nancy actually developed. And uh, Nancy developed this uh, site called Click and it's about students teaching other students. And my son happens to be dyslexic and he was teaching about how to use voice typing. So we went through this program and then a couple of weeks later, she called me up and she said she was so excited that this student did get accepted into a gifted program, that he, his confidence level is much higher. He is able to use um, the voice typing whenever they need to write something out in a paper. Um, He is also able to use a lot of uh, text-to-speech type of um, either apps or extensions um, so that he is able to keep up with the the reading pace and everything else. And and she said that the parents were so excited because he finally has the confidence that he needed because he was a gifted kid. It's just that the dyslexia was masking some of that. And so with these technologies, they were able to... um, to get past that and he's doing quite well now, <clears throat> excuse me. And, and then another example that I had, last one example that I had is um, screencasting. So with the 10 teachers that I had, I did show them how to do screencasting in a way that was um, easy and effective for them. Um, they just used Screencastify, just a simple extension and they started to record some tutorials for their kids. And these tutorials really allow learning at the student's own pace and not just within the four walls of the classroom. Um, and one example that uh, back to my days actually as teaching is when I did my tutorials um, and put it on my Google site, parents would email me and they would be so excited that math they hadn't looked at in 20 years, they can finally work with their kids mm-hmm. with with through the Tutorial videos, and they were able to be successful in working with their kids, and they told me that they would look at my video like 20 times before they went to their kid and say, oh, this is (laughs) is how you do it, and this is what your teacher wants you to do, and so parents were so excited whenever those tutorial videos would come up because then they got the confidence to help their own child, which then helped the students and helped me because then I didn't have to tutor as much, but... um, it's just something as simple as screencasting um, can really have a high impact on student learning uh, because it doesn't just sit there within the four walls of the classroom and they can look at it, rewind, look at it again, do whatever they need to do to be successful.
0: EdTech for the win. <laughs> Yay.
3: Yay. Fern, what message do you want district admins to hear about the impact of coaching? Oh, let's see. I will be diplomatic in my message.
1: (laughs) That's my (laughs) turn. But I will say that um, I I really would like for district admins to understand that sit and get professional development, especially when it comes to learning how to integrate technology effectively in the classroom, is not going to yield the results that they want to see. Teachers need,
4: Amen. <laughs>
1: teachers need ongoing support, uh, continuous, continuously ongoing support um, in the classrooms because technology is not static at all whatsoever. It is a dynamic animal and it is not going to uh, ever be static, ever. So why would our professional development be static in nature? That doesn't make any sense. So, um, I would that would that is definitely what I would like for digital admin to hear. And um, and if I'll go off tangent just a little bit, I also would like for them to hear that providing the tools is fantastic. We do need the devices. We do need the tools. I think it's great that that budgets are starting to open up um, in providing those very important pieces of the integration puzzle. But the piece of the puzzle that usually gets missed is the human expense that is needed. Um, I know it's expensive to have digital technology coaches on campuses, but the rewards are so great that I don't see why that's not a necessity in each classroom. Just like we have desks and chairs and stuff like that as a necessity, I think that digital coaching is um, of that same necessity.
4: Second, amen. Yes. So Fern, what's one thing listeners can take away from this episode, regardless of their coaching role? They may be an instructional coach or a digital coach, but what's one message you'd like to send to the listeners?
1: Um, The one message I think I would like to send is for you to find your tribe, find your people, develop your PLN. I will have to say without the wonderful support that I get from my PLN from the, uh, the wonderful educators that I lean on for uh, for guidance, I, I would not be where I am now, and I would not continue to grow. Um, Nancy is a great example of that. Uh, the ladies that I work with here in Plano ISD are excellent examples of that. On Twitter, I've got a huge tribe on Twitter, as we all do, and they're just wonderful. So um, I would say that is the number one thing. Would really like people to take away from this episode. So, find your tribe.
4: Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So, we
2: are going to um, continue with a, our last segment, which is something that we've learned this week. If um if you need a second to think about this, Fern, we'll we'll let you go last on this. Okay. <laughs> but just anything that we've learned this week. So I will start. And Ashley recommended a podcast from Steve Barkley, and it's Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud. And he was one of our keynote speakers at our instructional digital coaching conference last year. And he's one that I followed a lot, but I didn't realize he had a podcast. And one of the episodes was about learner preferences, so snag that and use that in our TCA presentation. <laughs> so that's that's my um, find and what I'm learning and pondering this week. So, Misty, what about you?
3: One of my
2: fellow LAX18
3: innovators, Kelly Orvik, shared how to create custom layouts with images from Explore and Slides. It's really cool, um, and it's something I did not know how to do. But you basically grab an image from Explore, move it over to Slides, and then you exit out of explore, go back in, and then it kind of puts that image in different layouts that you can use, which is pretty awesome.
2: And she's got a video. that she
3: does. Yes. Yay. That's cool. I want to look at that.
0: Mm -hmm. So uh, mine for this week, I have been working with a dyslexia consultant here, and we were trying to, to kind of come up with some resources for any school district. And so I was looking at Microsoft resources, which, um, Fern, as you know, we were mostly a Google's campus, Mm -hmm. went back in Plano. But um, I was just blown away with the immersive reader tools in OneNote and Word. So um, I'm going to be exploring those more, but just absolutely incredible tools for kids who struggle to read. So good
2: Good finds.
4: And mine is, of course, a random one. I feel like I'm always, like, the odd man out with this weird stuff. But um, I, and I actually saw this on Facebook. And really, Facebook is – I don't follow anything professional, really, on Facebook. So I was surprised that this popped up. But it's a site called Doodly, D-O-O-D-L-Y. And it's, you know, those whiteboard um, animator videos where the hand's drawing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this – is so cool you can kind of create your own meaning you drag and drop the items like the chair a guy sitting in the chair desk whatever and then it automatically animates it for you does that make sense yes yes okay. really I look cool. at that yeah. yeah i'm like i, that would, I think it'd be great for like online um online classes mm-hmm. and stuff and so i mean it's not cheap and it's not free it's 67 dollars, but for the lifetime
3: mm. that's awesome
4: so, I mean, probably be worth it. I think so, too. So when I get paid, I think I we'll might have some, give, give us all a subscription. I'm really excited to play with it. Yeah. So that that's was, my share.
2: That's great. Okay, Fern, what about you? Something that you've learned this week?
1: All right. So this week I did learn that uh, Nearpod and Desmos are now together. And, yes. yeah. and so Nearpod now is going to be integrating. You have the ability to integrate Desmos inside of a Nearpod. Um, and so th- for those of you who are not math geek out people, um, Desmos <laughs> is an, an incredible graphing and uh, program that really is an interactive and teachers love it. And kids are able to really understand um, uh, definitely uh, depth of knowledge with uh, mathematical concepts a lot better using um, Desmos. But the fact that you can now embed it inside of a Nearpod is absolutely fantastic.
3: I am going to look at that. Mm -hmm. I
0: just bet you will.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again to our guest, Fern Johnson. If you have a question for her, you'll find all of her contact information in our show notes. How do you think coaches impact teaching and learning? Share your ideas and thoughts and tag us so we may join the conversation. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter at DigLearnRadio. Also, please take a moment to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts and check out the show notes for the resources we refer, we referred to today.